You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome in. It's February, which means it's Super Bowl time here on the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Borgannoni, and I am joined, as always, by Matthew. Here we go. Betts. <laughs> I, I always laugh. When Kyle does that right before we hit the actual drop to start the podcast, uh, because it's great and it makes me laugh every time. It kind of reminds me of all the Mario games I would play when I was a kid. We talked about N64 on the pod before, so it definitely brings back a little nostalgia listening to that. And it's, it's, dude, you do a pretty good rendition of it. I'm not going to lie. Woo! Yeah! Yeah! I've I've, uh, done this a time or two just in the car by myself, but I did want to give listeners who have stuck around. You know, we, we're getting towards the end here of Super Bowl and of DFS pod season where we take a short little break and we, we get to come back uh, for the NFL draft. But yeah, every single time we hit record, um, there's kind of this cadence that we have in the studio. Of usually Jeremy, our producer, gets to count down with like a movie uh, like over like overlay voice. Like he's pretty good at that, like a trailer voice, like in a world. Like he he's pretty good at that. But then I always say, here we go. Eh, that wasn't as good uh, right <laughs> before. So. Not your best effort there on that one. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll try better. My kids are excited about the new Mario movie that's coming out in April. Chris Pratt, maybe not the best Mario voice, but hey, he's Chris Pratt. We'll, we'll, we'll be there for that. But you're here because you want to talk Super Bowl, and you're really here because you want to hear us, two, two dudes, talk about the Super Bowl for two straight weeks from a DFS and a betting perspective. So we're going to jam-pack this episode. This episode is going to be more about an overview, talking about our favorite early bets. Next week, we'll talk about even more props that kind of as the lines move. And then kind of showdown strategy. I feel like this is a good time for people who haven't played that in a while. We talk about it. We have some episodes, some evergreen content on the website. But what is the strategy behind playing DFS with just one game in mind on DraftKings with the captain? On FanDuel, where it's just, do you have the best plays? <laughs> because you don't have to deal with price. So, uh, yeah, I think this will be a good episode. And you, my friend, you have some D-Gen bets in here, I feel like. Dude, I mean, come on. This is this is our time to shine. Last year, we hit a bunch of really, really fun ones. Um, you know, the Cooper Cup MVP one was a huge one for us. Of course, we were on the field goal props for, um, for the Bengals kicker. McPherson a couple of times throughout the playoffs. That was huge. 
Um, opening kickoff to be a touchback was big for us last year. So yeah, there's there's some fun ones. And you know, it's unreal the sort of action that the, the books can get on the Super Bowl because you never see these props for a normal, you know, week 14 game or something like that, or even in the conference championships and, and those games for the playoffs. So it, there's a lot of fun ones out there. I will just preface the show this week and next week with saying, be smart with your bankroll. It's very fun to be like, I'm firing off 17 bets this week on the Super Bowl. Um, and and I probably will do that. Let's be real. But um, it's it's easy to get stuck in just wanting to have so much action on the game. Still be smart. Smart about what you're doing. But we're going to have some fun ones on the show today and some fun ones next week as well as in the article on the site. And, um, and a couple long shot bets too that'll be fun to hit. So we'll look at those and, and get you set to sweat the big game. But man, for me, this is going to be the ultimate happiness hedge sort of week because if the <laughs> Eagles win, it doesn't matter to me what happens. I'm going to be so, so happy um, about my bets uh, losing or winning that if the Eagles win, I'll be good. But you better expect that I'll have maybe some Mahomes MVP tickets or something like that just to, just to hedge my happiness here for this uh, Super Bowl. Do you have any just straight up Eagles money line? Uh, I actually do have... Eagles, I took it when it was minus one and when it kind of like shifted. And that's the first thing we're going to talk about today is the actual line itself and kind of where it moved and started. But the opener Sunday night of this past week was actually Chiefs minus two and a half, which is what the books told us they think is correct. And I don't know if it was just, you know, me and all my Philly friends <laughs> just hammering the Eagles, <laughs> but it moved so quickly to Eagles minus two and a half. And there was another correction that said, oh, wait, let's go back towards the Chiefs. Now it's minus one and a half. And you know, honestly, I don't think that the line really matters that much. Meaning if it's less than a field goal, it's sort of, you know, historical data will tell you it doesn't really matter. It's sort of just pick who you think is going to win. But if it gets out to, for whatever reason, plus three on either side, to me, that would be the best bet on the board. I just got this visual of all these people in Philadelphia just hanging out together, you know, in their Phillies gear, you know, they got their, uh, the uh, gritty from uh from the Flyers, their mascot for the Philadelphia Flyers, Philly fanatic, like all those people just hanging out together, and uh, and they're just betting, they're just betting like, hey, let's move this line, and <laughs> I think really the telling thing will be when sharp money comes in, which usually hap- usually waits a little bit. They wait for the public who gets really excited about it. Now we're in kind of a weak lull where you're going to get people like us talking about it, but the heavy hitters, the people that actually, you know have some money to throw things around like bets uh, are going to be doing that. So we'll talk about that game. If you want to get all of our picks, including our official props for the Super Bowl. Last year, we had a great year uh, in terms of uh, projecting. You can get that in the DFS pass. It's free. So you still get two more weeks to hang out with us in our Discord channel as well, the DFS. So go to DFSPass.com if you want to get that for free. But let's talk about this slate. State of the main slate. So I've refreshed and refreshed and refreshed. And this is the line we have right now. We're recording on Thursday. And it's Eagles minus one and a half. The over under is at 50 and a half. Any early takes on this? I have an early lean, but we can compare past data for these teams. We compared past data for the Super Bowl. Um, I just want to say earlier, I like the under. And maybe I'm just an old man. I actually like it as well. Um, oh, man. We didn't even w- talk about this. No, we didn't talk about it before. I, I lean the under as well, uh, which is sort of scary given that the line moved a little bit. It was 49 and a half a couple of days ago. It's now at 50 and a half, like you said. I wouldn't be surprised if that's just kind of the general public. Like We all love rooting for things to happen. It's It's very human nature to root for overs instead of unders. So if you actually like the under, I think I would probably wait and see if this comes in at 51 or 51 and a half. But I do lean the under to you as well. We've been talking about the Chiefs trends when we do their game previews every week that they just are not a good team against the spread historically. And their games actually play to the under more often than not. And so I could definitely see a you know 24-20 sort of game or something like that in this spot. So I, I agree with you. I think lean under. And just in general, like you know, it wouldn't be surprising to see these teams come out and kind of play a little like, you know, cat and mouse sort of game, like who's going to be aggressive first or, or, or who's going to really take a deep shot first. So I kind of lean like a slower start to the game is kind of what I'm seeing. And then it picks up in the second half. So I kind of like under, you know, from the game total. And I think like the first half under is uh, is sort of interesting. Yeah. This has been bet up a bit. Um, it was at 49 and a half earlier. It's at 50 and a half. It could go to 51. Um, just to give you some context in the Super Bowl, the, 
Uh, under is uh, 28, 26, and 1, so a little skewed towards the under. But then this year, in 50-point games, which is usually the mark we always talk about in DFS, 65% of those games that have had a 50 total have hit the under. That's pretty significant in the betting world. Anything above you know, 50, 55% is a big deal. 65% says that, in general, the public is a little bit more, uh, you know, they, they like higher scoring, and that's what we like in the Super Bowl, and we would say these are two good offenses. Let me take you back to last year, Bengals and Rams. That total, was at, that, that total was at 48.5, okay? Two great offenses. It finished at 43. The year before, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, that total was 56.5 bets, and that total finished at 40. So trends are, I would say, that the under is in play here, and that there are paths to failures, but you know, there, there's also like these are two great offenses, Patrick Mahomes. So uh, keep that in mind. That's just my early lean, and I'm glad that you kind of feel the same. But uh, hit me with some more uh, Super Bowl betting stats. Yeah. So looking at you know the favorite versus the underdog, it kind of doesn't really matter. It doesn't apply too much in this game because the spread is just one and a half, and I've kind of said it's been on both sides for the Chiefs and the Eagles already since it opened. But favorites are uh, 36 and 20 straight up and 27 27 and 2 against the spread meaning Vegas knows what they're doing <laughs> when you think about the spread and and how they kind of view the favorites here so yeah it's sort of one of those that I kind of at this point would stay away from I don't really see a ton of value on either side um, we'll talk about what I would do if, if you think the Chiefs win I'll kind of give you some advice of what I would think I would do in that situation in the MVP markets but yeah from the line itself I think it's pretty efficient I, I just, these are just so hard to beat like we have not only years of data that Vegas is working off of, but now so many games in this season for both these teams that this line is going to feel really sharp. And like I said, I could see a, you know, four point, three point sort of game here, a field goal finish. So it seems to be a very close game is what I think is going to happen. And the books think the same thing. Yeah. And let's go back to just the chiefs. I think the assumption is that this offense is just putting up 35, 40 points and they haven't been covering at the rate that we want. So I just, I think people need to recalibrate who the Chiefs are. Like, even in the playoffs, against the Jaguars, like, I forgot that game ended pretty close. Like, the Jaguars actually covered. So whatever you think of the Chiefs' offense, it's great. It's more methodical than high-powered, I would say. That's a better way to describe what Patrick Holmes is doing. Let's talk about MVP, and then you and I will get into our early favorite bets and kind of, you know, really start spiraling out of control. Where we, uh, <laughs> man, I looked a long time at Jake Elliott, and <laughs> you and me both, brother. Dude, what's funny about Jake Elliott is like he's been a pretty good kicker in the league for a couple years now, and I don't know if you watched. Well, I know you watched the game, but like when the punt hit the wire in that game, and they were complaining about that. Do you remember that play? Jake, Wire-gate, yes, yeah. Jake Elliott just goes out in the field with his backwards hat, big old beard. Like, dude, you look like you are just some random fan out on the field. Like, <laughs> you are not an NFL player. Like he dressed up as an NFL player for yes. Halloween or something. <laughs> yeah, he, he probably dressed up as himself. Just like, hey, I'm Jake Elliott. Just, you know, backwards hat kicker here. Um, no big deal. So we'll talk about those bets. Let's talk about Super Bowl MVP because that's one of the ones that clearly people talk about the most. Uh, they care about the most. And then we'll get into like coin flips and all the fun stuff. Um, with Super Bowl MVP, is it like, is it, it's hard to have tons of confidence in saying one of these two quarterbacks isn't going to be it. Like you can have some good values on the board for Super Bowl bets, but I feel like the list is shorter than people realize. <laughs> yeah. What's funny about, uh, I started kind of smiling when Kyle said there's a good value here. Is it just reminds me of some of our <laughs> yes. long shot off season ones where it's like, Hey, this, this price is not correct, but I know it's never going to win. And I do feel like there's a couple on the board today that I kind of like from that perspective, which means, you know, they're, they're fun little sprinkle just in the event it happens. But historically looking at the numbers since 2000, the Super Bowl MVP, 82% of the winners have either been a quarterback or a wide receiver. We saw Cooper cup last year. Um, with the quarterback being the heavy favorite, winning it at about a 60% rate. We talk about the MVP market a lot uh, in our offseason shows for the season, and the numbers for the quarterback are much higher. So there is a chance, I think, that someone not named uh, Hertz or, Kel- or uh, Mahomes excuse me, can win it. It just seems like when I look at this thing and I, and I think about the Chiefs, I think about the narrative, right? Like 
all of his wide receivers are banged up. You've got uh, Kadarius Toney, Juju, and Michael Hardman all injured. And then you think about him playing through this high ankle sprain. I just feel like if the Chiefs win this game, it's going to be very hard for anyone not named Mahomes to win the award, which is what I was saying. I think there's some value. And actually, just if you think the Chiefs win, I would rather just bet Mahomes for the MVP than take the money line for the Chiefs because the money line for the Chiefs is plus 105. You can get Patrick Mahomes MVP at plus 130. So if you think the Chiefs win, personally, for me, that's how I would play it. Is there any... I feel like with a defensive player, you have a better shot at just defensive touchdown, like for the Chiefs, than trying to win the bet for any of these defensive players. Are you saying like you think just in general, like the market where it says who will win defensive or offensive player or like quarterback or the field? Well, I'm just like if you're trying to pick MVP here and you're saying, you know what, I think Brandon Graham at, you know, plus 8,000 or Hassan Reddick after having a monster game is probably going to gain some steam from some people. Like, I'd rather just pick the Eagles to score a defensive touchdown, anytime defensive touchdown, than picking Uh, one of those players. Does that make sense? Yeah, and what it's going to take for one of these defensive players to win, you look at back at the historical uh, games, the Super Bowl, of, of when these guys have won a defensive player. It's been because of not only big plays in big moments, but like a defensive touchdown has scored, multiple interceptions with, you know, uh, pick sixes, strip sacks, you know, recovering a fumble. And the games are very low scoring when that happens. It's like, okay, the quarterbacks were fine, but they didn't really do anything. And the game finished, you know, 14-13 or something. And those defensive touchdowns meant so much to the game. So if you are going to pick one of these guys, you really need the under to hit. You need Hurts uh, and Mahomes to be meh and not really do too much. So, you know, it is a tough sell. Like we said, there's some kind of fun long shots, but really I think... For me, the best bet that I would make just looking at this right now, again, is if you think the Chiefs win, for me, it's Mahomes at plus 130. Yeah, running backs are always so tempting because if you see a game script that hits the under, you're like, okay, well, this running back gets two touchdowns. That's where the touchdowns flow. And, you know, like last week with Miles Sanders, like he probably would have been, him or Hassan Reddick would have been like the game MVP, you know, if you're thinking about it that way. So that's that's a route to go. Uh, I just have a hard time getting behind Miles Sanders and having any confidence any week because he's all over the map. And then we saw a couple years ago, Damian Williams had a great game for the Chiefs, probably should have won it, and Mahomes ended up. So I'm with you. I think later on I might have some other thoughts of like, okay, what would it take for Dallas Goddard to get there? Uh, You know, because nobody's going to be betting him over Kelsey. Um, What would it take for Juju Smith-Schuster? So we'll go through some more of those scenarios this next week, but I think Betts is right in that regard. Um, let's get into our early favorite Super Bowl bets. Oh, wait, can I give a can I give a fun long shot? Oh, you're okay. Go for it. Before we move on to this one, so uh, kind of a galaxy brain sort of take, but again, <laughs> this is a bet that we'll lose probably. But I think there is good value on Josh Sweat, the defensive <laughs> end for the Eagles, is 150 to one, an absolutely ridiculous line. He is a starting edge player for uh, for the Eagles, really involved in their pass rush. This, you know, Hassan Reddick has gotten a lot of the headlines for good reason. He's been incredible. But when I think about Andy Reid being a very good head coach, I kind of picture a lot of chips from Travis Kelsey on that side of the line where Hassan Reddick plays, lined up, by the way, over uh, Andrew Wiley, the second most pressures allowed. So, like, he's going to need help against Hassan Reddick. If they put that much attention on him, could you see Josh Sweat getting two, three sacks on Pat Mahomes, who's going to drop back 40, 45 times with still less than 100% ankle. I don't know. It's not the craziest thing in the world. Again, you need the under to hit. You need him to have multiple sacks, probably recover a fumble, hopefully score a touchdown. It's just, it's one that stuck out to me. Like, why is it, why is it where it is sort of thing? So that's all I wanted to say. What you're saying is instead of being, you know, 1500 plus 1500, he should be more like where Brandon Graham is like plus 8,000. Yeah, exactly. So can I start off uh, and go down a little rabbit hole about coin toss? What could go wrong? Go ahead. Okay. So I don't bet this personally. Like, I, I think it's like fun, you know, like, oh, and you find out really quickly, like, oh, did I make some money? What that really means is when people bet the coin toss and they get it right, they go, ooh, I have some more money to bet in the game. That's really what they're doing <laughs> in their app. Yep. Uh, so the odds on winning the coin toss is, you know, you just double your money. It's plus 100 right now, either way. Because it is literally 50-50, we would say. 
But what I'm more interested in is that on DK, you can bet who wins the coin toss, so Chiefs or Eagles. And then I've kind of gone through and looked at what every single team does on their first play this year and what their tendencies are, and it's actually pretty drastic. Like, it was way further than I thought. So you can bet on this first play to be a pass at minus 105 or first play to be a run, minus 120. The Eagles this year, and we t- we talked about this last week, right? Like The Eagles like to establish you know, things through the air early on. They like to take deep shots. This year, in Jalen Hurts starts, the Eagles have thrown the ball 70% of their first place. That's pretty significant. While the Chiefs are the exact opposite. In their games, including the playoffs, they have run the ball almost 75% of the time. So what that tells me is that if you want to correlate these two bets, I'm not. Uh, you can't really get a parlay. That'd be a sweet parlay if I can just add all those in that way. But if you want to correlate these on which team wins coin toss, then you can also kind of jump the other way and say, okay, if the Eagles win the coin toss, they're probably going to defer because that's what these teams have done the entire year. They're going to they defer. defer a lot. Yeah. Uh, they're going to defer, and if the Chiefs get the ball, I think they'll run the ball. But So that's just one way that I went down this rabbit hole of like, Okay, coin toss, I don't care about. But what these teams do first play, I think is kind of interesting. So do you know, can you still bet this market after the coin toss has happened? I don't know that. Um, but, I mean, have... you'll have like literally a minute to do it. But yeah, if this is this is good research, because if the um, if the Chiefs are starting out with the ball, I would I would bet minus 120 for a run for sure. Yeah. And you can do you can do live, you know, flash flash bets and stuff like that. There are some markets that I'm that I think you can get out there. It says Chiefs first play or you know Eagles first offensive play. So you can go through that. But it was fun going through the game logs, uh, including a Jaguars game where the Jaguars said, "All right, we'll kick first, but we're going to onside kick," and they got the ball. So uh, anyway, that's my first one. That I think is kind of interesting. Yeah, no, that is actually an interesting point. I'm going to make a note to myself to try to look into that for next week's show and see. And if not, you know, we'll kind of be riding in the dark with you. But if the market still is out there for like literally as the coin toss happens and you can follow um, some of the beat reporters for both teams on Twitter. And oftentimes there's a little bit of a delay in the broadcast on your TV. So you might be able to see, you know, Eagles won the toss. They defer right before it shows on your uh, on your TV. Maybe you put a little wager then on the, the Chiefs run. So Kyle's Kyle's in the lab, as they say, early in the week here with you with these bets. I'm going to hit you with one as well that you'll know whether or not this hits right away it's one we took last year i'm back to it the opening kickoff to be a touchdown it's a yes or no bet yes is minus 165 on bet mgm this was like minus 190 almost minus 200 on other books i think there's good value at minus 165 for the yes to happen i would not take anything worse than this you just don't want to be laying minus 200 on a prop that is relying on a kicker to kick the ball for a touchback but like kyle I am slightly embarrassed to admit how long it took me to research this yesterday. And let's just say some other tasks that I have that are definitely a lot more important did not get done. So I'm a little behind. But if it works and it hits, you know, it's for the people. So I went back and looked at um, Jake Elliott and Harrison Bucker. Their first kick out of the game to open or the first kick out of halftime as kind of their quote unquote, you know, opening kickoffs. These two are a combined six and two to the yes, kicking for a touchback. When the game is being played in a dome, this is notable because they're playing in the Cardinals stadium this season for the Super Bowl. That is a dome-like condition. They have the retractable roof. Is that right, Kyle? It's the retractable roof? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, there's not really going to be any weather concerns in Arizona. So I kind of like it. Um, and actually, the Eagles, too, when, they, when they've when they had opportunities to return a kickoff that's been into the end zone, they've done it just once this year. That came when the kickoff went just one yard deep. In other words, if Harrison Bucker is putting the ball deep into the end zone, the Eagles are taking a touchback to open the game. So I uh, I like this one. Again, I wouldn't take anything worse than 165, minus 165, but on BetMGM, that is a play for me. It is also, just from a pure emotional standpoint, whatever you're watching the Super Bowl with, you know, bets will be watching with all Philly people, whatever it is, like whoever the kickoff is, you get to just be so excited for a moment that people are like, okay, now the game starts because after the kickoff. So go for it. Just just to get it out of your system. And last year, we were heavily on this. It hit. It's a fun way. So uh, we have this one actually in our article if you want to take it there. But let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. 
I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Let's go through a couple other quick favorite bets, and I will stay with the theme. It's kickers, man. And I don't know why. There's just something in me that says I need to stay in this vein. So the one I like early on in the week is your boy, Jake Elliott, under 7.5 points. Depending on where you can get it, you can get it at minus 110. It's minus 125 on DraftKings. This gives Jake Elliott an implied odds of 55%, which... Hold on. Let me make sure. Yep. 55! I mean, that's 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 spot on. But if you go through Jake Elliott's logs and you actually think about this team, this is a good offense. He actually hasn't been very good for fantasy and for kicking purposes. I know none of you guys out there care about kicker fantasy purposes. But this year, Jake Elliott has hit this line in just six of his games. 35% of the time, Jake Elliott has hit over seven and a half kicking points. And the Chiefs, just for those at home, are fourth best in schedule-adjusted kicker points since week 10. So, uh, what I'm trying to say is that if you're projecting this game to go under, which we are, and we're also projecting the fact that Jake Elliott isn't as integral, this team goes for it on fourth down, then under is kind of where I'm leaning with him. Yeah, that's a good point. I was hoping you'd bring that up in terms of the fourth down, um, you know, going for it on fourth down. For both teams, actually. So I think this is a, a pretty decent play, especially because, you know, the Eagles, if they get in close and they're, if they're, you know, fourth and goal from the two, this team is not going to kick a field goal unless the game, you know, unless they need the field goal to tie or win, like in the fourth quarter, they're going to run a play with Jalen Hurts or, or something like that. So yeah, I think it's a pretty good play, um, especially when you consider that you can get it at like minus 110 on most books. So that is very interesting. I do like that one quite a bit. And I'm not in the least bit surprised, Kyle, that you spent most of this segment talking about kickers. I am going to talk about more of a fun player to cheer for and root for. That is Travis Kelsey, who is very good at the game and scores touchdowns in the postseason. I hate the anytime touchdown markets because they're oftentimes very incorrectly uh, lined, meaning you're having to lay minus 130, minus 140 for an event that we know is there's a lot of randomness to it. However, I found Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown minus 116 on Caesars, and it's actually minus 109 for anyone out there that bets on uh, Bet Rivers, hashtag not a sponsor, but it's over at like minus 130, minus 140 on FanDuel, DraftKings, that kind of thing. I would not play that, but if you can get these better odds for Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown, the reason I want to play it is not just because he's awesome and he has nine touchdowns in his last eight postseason games. It's mostly because I was trying to find a play where we could capitalize early in the week on the Chiefs wide receiver core injuries. We talked about it already. Kadarius Tony, Juju, Mikkel Hardman. I think there's a good chance one of those guys might sit, and there's a very good chance all three are less than 100% You know, in a week and a half for this game. That should just lead to even more usage for Travis Kelsey. And we've seen these kind of weird plays from Andy Reid when they get inside the 10-yard line. Travis Kelsey gets those little like underhand dump-offs. You know, They throw him the quick screen, stuff like that. So anytime touchdown... For Travis Kelsey, minus 116 or better, I do like. Yeah, and we've kind of hit on this theme with the Eagles. Outside wide receivers usually have issues against them. Darius Slay, James Bradbury. But the slot is kind of... And that's what Kelsey is for this team. Like, he's their best slot wide receiver, better than Juju. 
and they use them in a lot of different formations. So I, I, I love that. I think there's lots of different things you're going to get to pair this week with Travis Kelsey. He's probably going to be one of the more popular players. With the Chiefs, one of the things that I've been looking at is looking at their totals because they haven't been covering and they haven't been hitting the points that I want them to. And so one of the things you can bet uh, is total points bans, meaning you get a range of what you can say, hey, this team's going to score. And right now, the Chiefs, to score between 21 and 30 points is at plus 140. You can get it higher on, on other books. Since week eight, they've averaged 26.9 points, and they've hit this band in nine of their 12 games. This is kind of the range they keep going in is between 21 and 30. So there is some you know value there. If you are scared of their team implied total, if you're like, hey, like 24, 24 and a half points, like I could see it going either way. Like this is just another way to bet that if, if you don't want to do it. And what's interesting, the first thing that came into my head when you were talking was like, well, if we think the under hits, do we really think they're going to put up 27 points? But, you know, we, we just talked about it. The Chiefs games have been hitting the under and they still have been landing in this mark anyway. So that's interesting. Right. I, I didn't even look at this market, truthfully. So that's one that I'll have to go back and look at. But I do think there's pretty good value if you can get it at plus 140 or better. That's super interesting. Okay, back to the player props. I'm going to hit you with one that this player has been polarizing for everyone all year long. It's Miles Sanders. And what I want to look at with Miles Sanders is the actual rushing yardage. So we have a we have a real player prop for you on the show, finally. I'm going to go over 55 and a half rushing yards. I would take this anywhere up to like minus, um, you know, 120, minus 130. Or if it moves, like I'd take it at 57 and a half, 58 and a half, anything like that. He's been over this line in 12 of 19 games. So he's hitting the over more often than not. But I really wanted to look at is this recent Kenny Gainwell usage more noise or is it like a legit thing because anyone who is against Miles Sanders in fantasy or DFS has always said Kenny Gamewell mixes in too much I'm too scared to play him you know things of that nature look at the last two weeks what has happened they played against the Niners without a quarterback they did not have to do anything in the second half why would you run Miles Sanders into the ground in those situations when the game was already over he's been dealing with this little like knee issue for the last month now he has two weeks to heal the week before against the Giants, again, the same thing happened. He was dominating the usage in the first half. They just blew him out, and they didn't need to do anything after the second quarter. So I think this Kenny Gamewell role has kind of been overblown by the general public that when the chips are down, the game is tight, the game is close, it's going to be Miles Sanders. And I went back to look at in the Eagles games this year that were decided by 10 points or fewer, so relatively a close game. Miles Sanders is averaging 16.3 rushing attempts per game that should be plenty enough value if he gets somewhere around 15 carries in this game to go over this line it's pff's number one offensive line the eagles were number one in rush rush offense dvoa this year kansas city has faced five teams who rank in the top half of the league in rush dvoa on the season here they are the bengals were number four samaji piran went 21 for 106 five yards a carry the bills were 11th devin singletary 17 carries 85 yards five yards a carry josh jacobs the Raiders were eighth, 21 carries for 154 yards, 7.3 yards per carry. They played him again. This game did not go as well. He only averaged 2.64 yards per carry. But then the 49ers were seventh. This is the first game CMC was a niner. He and Jeff Wilson combined for 15 carries, 92 yards, over six yards a carry. In other words, you can run on the Chiefs when you are a good running offense. The Eagles are the best run offense in the league. Give me over 55 and a half yards for Miles Sanders. Where would you set this line? If you were, you know, Betts' book, where, where would you put this at? Somewhere in the low 60s, like 62 and a half, 63 and a half, something like that. Okay, that's what I was thinking. I was just, it's a lower line than, that was my first reaction as well. I, I, I'm i very happy with Miles Sanders. Very happy with him because last week, let's just say I went, uh, went a little overboard on him. Miles Sanders and your boy MVS. That gave me a pretty good week. <laughs> You had a great week in DFS. I did not play much of Miles Sanders at all. Um, and they crushed him in the run game. So yeah, he was a, he was a great play in DFS. Yeah. One of the stats that I really liked too, that, you know, it's anecdotal cause it worked for me last week, but was that Miles Sanders, Devonta Smith have major negative correlation in games. So if you're going to play one, don't play the other. And so I had no lineups that had those two together in them. So if I had a Miles Sanders in there, I just said, no, thank you. Don't need Devonta Smith. It was a weird slate last week because it just went under in general but um yeah miles sanders is on my my good list right now um i like him after scoring two touchdowns i'll give one more Jarrett mckinnon is a weird player every single week to project 
he was on that TD run, and the last couple weeks has been cold. I don't love his touchdown um, bet, but his splits in Chiefs wins are very clear. He scores in Chiefs wins. He doesn't score if they lose. So if you want to bet Jarrett McKinnon to score any time plus the Chiefs to win, it's at plus 360. So you're getting way better odds there than you are just to get Jarek McKinnon to score any time, which scares the life out of me uh, considering his usage. But let's talk about this slate. Salary standouts. I'm looking at the salaries in front of me, bets, And we're going to release those on the podcast, kind of giving our first take on them. And so I just want to get your gut reaction of any players on DraftKings specifically where, you know, we'll talk about in a second, showdown strategy, how is it different? But anybody at captain that you like early on in the week, and we're going to go through all the strategy. We're going to talk through all of it next week from DFS. But anybody that when you looked at these salaries, you're like, you know what? I'm My early lean is this. Yeah, when I was looking at everything from a, a DFS perspective, it's really easy to just look at the guys at the top and say, that's where I have to start in this game. For obvious reasons, Jalen Hurts, highest ceiling quarterback arguably this year. And Patrick Mahomes, we know, always has 303 in his bag. And he actually, I think, is pretty good as far as captain for non-rushing quarterbacks. I usually don't like to play the pocket passers. But when you think about how Mahomes is going to win in this game, you know, it, because the wide receiver room is what it is, he's been spreading the ball out a lot. So he can kind of get there where he is awesome, but his guys aren't necessarily the optimal captain, if that makes sense. Um, but the name that really stuck out to me is... Uh, again a kind of more of a value sort of play and these are spots of uncertainty which is what i like to attack in dfs where these one game slates there's so much variance is the running backs all three of them miles sanders um at 11 uh, 11.7 isaiah pacheco 10.8 and Jarek mckinnon at 10.2 and i'm not sure like what exposures i'll have to these guys but when i think about what the field is most likely to do it's going to be trying to jam in jalen hurts uh, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey at the top and people will certainly want to play the Eagles guys the wide receivers but we just talked about the positive matchup from Miles Sanders if he does have one of these games where he goes you know 16 17 18 carries and falls in the end zone twice like that could end up as the optimal captain especially if we think the under hits and then as far as the Kansas City side I kind of already mentioned my early lean on this slate and trying to dig up as much information as possible is to see how are the Chiefs going to operate in this game with the injuries to their pass catching core against very, very good perimeter cornerbacks. I think it's gonna be a lot of Travis Kelsey, and I think it's gonna be a lot of running back usage. It was really weird that we saw Isaiah Pacheco get so involved last week where he wasn't as involved the week before. And McKinnon's role has been elite in like December, but over the last couple of weeks has kind of fallen off. So there's a lot of uncertainty there. And in DFS one game slates, I want to attack uncertainty, especially if they're gonna come with low roster percentage. So the salaries that stuck out to me and the projected roster percentages are those three running backs. I think the salaries are pretty appropriate across the board. Like I didn't see anyone like, oh, they did a terrible job here. Um, you know, it makes sense that Hurts, Mahomes, and Kelsey are going to be a tier above, but it did stand out to me that if you wanted to go captain with A.J. Brown or Devonta Smith, like you're getting enough savings there at captain that you can actually, you know, look somewhere else um, and, and get, you know, you're getting different and you're obviously going to correlate them with Jalen Hurts, but I think there's value there. On the flex side, like I think the Eagles' defense is definitely one that should be in play because of the way that they've committed turnovers. Mahomes is a little bit slowed, and because we said we don't really love the wide receiver options. Like I don't like MVS this week. He was my boy, my boy this past week. Um, I don't know why he came so low in roster percentage, but I think that there's a lot to say on the Eagles' side to say if this game hits the under, which defensive side do I like more? I like the Eagles more. Yeah, the reason MBS wasn't rostered last week is because he had literally done nothing for about six or seven <laughs> weeks in a row. And I'm with you. Like, he's the exact type of player that when I look at, I'm like, do I really want to invest in a guy that we know is just so historically um, boom bust and has many, many down weeks that do I want to go back to him after one of his best games of his career? Not really. So, and you talk about the matchup, like matching up with these corners is going to be really tough for him. I could see him really struggling to even separate at all. So, yeah, early in the week, he's kind of a guy that I'm looking to fade if the field is on him. Um, as far as other flex values that I kind of look at, I always like to look for me in the kicker range to see, like, are there players there that the field likes, but they have a very tough projection, meaning, and this all is largely dependent on the Chiefs' you know, health of their wide receivers, but, like, Sky Moore, you know, let's assume this, the wide receivers are healthy 
for the Chiefs. Sky Moore is a tough projection for more than three targets for a best case scenario. And they're usually the short ADOT type of stuff. So like if one of the kickers kicks two field goals easily, he can outperform, um, you know, Sky Moore for just a couple hundred dollars more. So I kind of like looking in that range and seeing like who might be overvalued as far as that and like trying to go towards the kicker because if the under hits, I do think some of these kickers might be in play. The way down there is also really fun. You know, we get on showdown. We'll talk about that, but you get really cheap players, you know, in the $200 range. Marcus Kemp is a name that at least you need to familiarize yourself with. He had 22 snaps last week and Marcus Kemp. I don't think people realize been in the league for a long time, but I remember when he was coming out of Hawaii, he was actually a really fun player in college. I had to chart some of his film back in the day. Um, but 22 snaps, like if we, if you knew that Nicole Hardman was out or, you know, Juju was out, if you knew one of those players was out, then Kemp becomes a really good punt play at $200, and I think he'll gain some steam. Did you see our boy uh, Kendall Blanton's actually on this? <laughs> He's <on> technically a Chiefs <laughs> roster. I was just looking at some of these names. It's wild what they have in the player pool. Um, I forgot Melvin Gordon was technically on the Chiefs, <laughs> which is hilarious. But yes, I did see. Uh, I did see him all the way down there. Um, also notable, Justin Ross is in the player pool. He hasn't played at all this year. Um, but one thing with uh, Marcus Kemp, just real quick on his usage last week, kind of a sneaky injury. Justin Watson was. Uh, Kyle's MVP. I mean, this guy is incredible. According to Kyle was inactive last week due to an illness. And I think there's a very good chance that Marcus Kemp becomes not even in the lineup. If Justin Watson is active. So just point that out. Like don't get too, uh, too locked in early in the week on Kyle's new MVP of the chiefs. Marcus Kemp. (laughs) (laughs) I do think there are some tight ends because these teams do run two tight end sets a lot. That will be interesting. In tournaments, you know, Noah Gray's $1,200, Blake Bell, $400, your boy Jack Stoll. Remember that one week we talked about Jack Stoll? Yeah, he had like one catch for like 12 yards. Yeah, dude, he almost uh, he almost X'd on his salary. He almost paid it back. Uh, Jack Stoll, $600. Like, those are the plays. And then let's just pour one out here. CEH, you see him on here? $1,000. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's over, man. It's over. <laughs> It, when I was going back through the game logs earlier and I was looking at what each team did on their first plays, like the first month of the season, the first play for the Chiefs was CEH run. That's all they did. Was just Dude, He was like the RB4 in fantasy over the first like five or six weeks. It was unreal. It's weird to even think that he played this year because I, I have no, no memory of it. All right, let's talk about showdown strategy. And, you know, we'll talk more about salaries and construction next week. But let's refresh people the strategy of one game, how it works. Um, we talked about this many times. We have articles on the site, but just for, just so people understand with one game, you are trying to find what is the optimal plays, but you have to weigh out what the opportunity costs are and how other players are playing this. So if I'm putting Jalen hurts as my captain, okay, this is what I'm saying he has to do. And this is what I would say Mahomes captains can't do. You know, if you're thinking more from tournament, so you're thinking of opportunity cost, and then you're also thinking how the rest of the field is going to do that. You and I usually talk about roster percentages, and we'll have those out for this slate, roster percentages for both captain and flex. You could also think about combinations. Like, okay, if I have this player, and we haven't projected for 65% you know, percent rostered, I need to think of who's another player that also I can combine with this that maybe correlates really well and what their roster percentages are. So, we're playing a game here. It's only one game we're looking at. So random, random things can happen. And I think people don't realize that like your lineup is going to be duplicated so many times because everyone else, there's a small pool of players, but random things are going to happen. For sure. And, you know, just speaking to that um, kind of overall thought process, like when you have 13 game uh, main slate or 12 game main slate on Sundays, we are really able to kind of look for the best plays on this. It almost, you need to almost kind of like remove your football guy cap a little bit and just embrace that. There is going to be randomness in this game. If we see one of those weird, um, you know, trick plays and they throw it to like the backup, like Kyle was saying, the backup tight end for one of these teams and he catches a touchdown and it's a one yard touchdown catch. That player is going to be optimal because he's so cheap. So you just need to embrace, I think some of the randomness that's going into this game 
doesn't mean you just like throw everything out the window and just, you know, close your eyes and just hit optimize in a lineup generator. But I do think there's some value in looking at what the field is going to do. And then just asking yourself, how likely do I think that is to happen? Because some of the, my best weeks in showdown over the last few years has just been trying to get leverage on the field. Even if I agree with the field, like even if I think Jalen Hurts is an incredible MVP play or a captain play if you're on DraftKings, like there are paths to him failing, right? So just kind of think about that. And, and that's why we kind of always say embrace the GPP mentality. Um, I'm not going to play cash on this. We, we almost never do. And I would also say, you know, this is a good one to run a 20 max. If you are into 150s, you do want to embrace the variance. So I'm going to be doing that as well. And then last thing before we kind of move on to the showdown captain strategy specifically in terms of what you should spend on these slates, there is a very, very strong correlation in terms of being duplicated, meaning your lineup matches someone else's when you spend more money. So it's almost a one-to-one. When you spend more money, the more likely it is that your lineup is going to be the exact same as someone else's. And it's not that that's necessarily the worst thing in the world. It's just that when you think about these payout structures on DraftKings, they're so top-heavy. And we are trying to win first, second, third, fourth, fifth place. That's where the money is. You kind of have to get up there if you really want a big payday. And so if you're splitting that with 10, 20, 30 people, is it really as much of a payday as you think? Probably not. So I think there's some value in leaving money on the table on these slates, even if you don't think it's the best move, quote unquote, from a football guy standpoint, the data tells us you're going to get duplicated if you spend up. Yeah. And if you have a popular captain, that's okay. It doesn't mean that like, okay, I don't want to get duplicated. I need to have Marcus Kemp as my captain or, you know, Blake Bell. (laughs) Uh, You should get Justin Ross. Definitely go for Justin Ross. Nobody, nobody. Actually, you know what? I want to see that. I'm going to dare somebody to light their money on fire. By putting Justin Ross as their captain. I mean, maybe in a free one. <laughs> I'll tell you what. It will not be duplicated. I'll tell you that. There, there you go. Uh, if you have a popular captain, just get unique elsewhere. You can get unique in your combinations. It's totally fine. You can play Mahomes. You can play Hurts. Like, we're not going to say don't do it. Um, but, yeah, you know, your $50,000 budget, if you come in, let's say, $1,000 below, like you're thinking, like, oh, I'm doing great. Like, on this small of a slate, it's still going to get duplicated a lot. Just not as much as, you know, it goes way up once you get close to that 50,000 mark. So get weird, have fun. It's a good one. Um, And the last thing I'll say is we're correlating our lineup. You're going with a game script, you're running with it, and you're saying, here's how I think this is going to go. And just know that random things are going to happen. It doesn't mean if the game hits the under, only the running backs are in play. Like, you know, you could have a Devonta Smith touchdown, a Travis Kelsey touchdown, and you're like, oh, I thought the under hit, and... No, just think of the game flow. Think of how things are going to go. But let's talk about captains. On DraftKings, we're dealing with one and a half times the price uh, and one and a half times the output. So we actually get more points here. That's why we care about it. Why should we mostly be thinking about captains from a winning team? Like that's the, if I could say one thing, like project who's going to win. Yeah, historically, a lot of the optimal captains, when you look at these um, big tournaments, come from winning team and it doesn't really take a lot of thought process to understand why it's because touchdowns matter a ton in this format obviously in every format of fantasy but specifically in this game if your guy is not piling up yards and catches and touchdowns he's not going to end up as the captain and so when you think about hitting a ceiling performance it's through touchdowns and that means your team is scoring more than the other team um that is the that's your hot take of the day so yes historically the showdown captain optimally comes from the winning team so I'll be correlating as such, meaning if I think the um, you know if I think the Eagles take care of business here and they win by a touchdown, I'm probably not going to play Patrick Mahomes captain, for example. Yeah, and it's it's kind of shocking that the field doesn't do this as much as you think. Like the field actually is just taking it and saying, "Here's the good player," but you are actually in the top one percent of lineups. We looked at the data over the last three years. Seventy five percent of top one percent lineups were using the one who is actually winning the game in the captain spot. So that's what you really want. Um, And the field in general is probably a little too confident in quarterbacks. And so that's why we preach all the time, wide receivers in the flex. And then in this case, wide receivers that were actually using a captain spot always kind of allow you to outdistance the field because it's full PPR. So that's why earlier I was talking about AJ Brown, Devonta Smith. Like I think they're better than what their price suggests they should be. But um, let's just quickly go position by position. What do we need from a quarterback if they're going to be our uh, optimal captain? 
Yeah, so uh, we talked about the favorite team, obviously, kind of being the the leading decider here. This one is tricky because the scheme is the spread is so tight that it doesn't matter as much. But historically, again, from the winning team, the the captain quarterback, if it's going to be a quarterback, it's from the favorite team from the Vegas spread. Um, but the thing that I look at is just if I am going to roster one of these guys, whether it's Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes, make sure you're stacking. And the obvious reason is because for Patrick Mahomes, especially with that ankle, if he is going to be the optimal captain. Let's say he throws for 275 and he throws three or four touchdowns. You need his pass catchers to also come with you to win the tournament. So I'm going to be stacking these guys for sure. Um, minimum of one for both guys. I honestly think for Patrick Mahomes, I would do a minimum of two. And I think a little contrarian way to play, just kind of early thinking about this, people get very uncomfortable when they start to see too many of, of one team in their lineup that because we know Mahomes spreads the ball out a lot, like you can stack him with three guys even, maybe even four if you want to get crazy. Um, and then for Jalen Hurts, historically, his best games have come from him rushing. And I think that's obviously still an outcome that's likely to happen. But let's say that the Chiefs happen to get up by two scores and they have to throw a ton in the second half. If he is you know, ending up as the optimal captain via just passing, you could have some positive leverage on the field with stacking him with more than just one guy, which I think a lot of the field is going to do. So make sure you're stacking with your quarterback if you are going to be there at captain um, and thinking about kind of what that does for the rest of your roster construction. Yeah, on FanDuel, Jalen Hurts is actually cheaper than Mahomes, $500 cheaper. And because you're not dealing with the same salary thing, like I think he's an even better play there because of the rushing upside, because the bonuses don't come in play. So I think Hurts is... We're giving context for mostly for DraftKings, but on FanDuel, I think Hurts is an even better play there. You mentioned earlier Miles Sanders could be a sneaky captain play, like if they get two touchdowns. I think the running backs as a whole, they're best used as leverage on quarterback wide receiver stacks, which I think will be clearly very popular in this game. Um, but let's mostly talk about wide receivers here and why they matter because they have the widest range of outcomes possible. Like you, you could get last week <laughs> MVS with 26 plus DraftKings points. And then this week, like it would not shock me if MVS had three this week. Three total points? Yes. <laughs> like yeah. one catch. Yep. Yeah. And so that's what you're playing off of. And if the field is overconfident, and we kind of have to see based on our roster percentage. Like, the field is overconfident in MVS, then I will come in underweight and vice versa. I like to basically look at the wide receivers and see, okay, who are the plays that they're saying, oh, this is going to be a you know MVS game or this is going to be a juju game. Um, I think this is going to be a game in the slot that the Chiefs can attack. They're just going to do it in a lot of different ways, right? Like, Nicole Hardman, if he was active, I would actually think he's a pretty interesting play. Same with Kadarius Tony, because they can man that uh, part of the field. But in showdown... You get wide receiver ones. They average less points because quarterbacks score the most, yet the roster percentage in captain is so different. Like That's why we care so much is people aren't rostering wide receivers enough in the captain spot, and I think you probably have at least three to four options on the slate that I can legitimately see. Like Obviously, the two Eagles guys, and then if I knew Juju was fully healthy, I could say he's he's potentially there. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, this is kind of one of those spots of attack when the field is off a certain player because of recency bias. But there was a stretch early this year, remember where Juju was seeing like eight targets a week. So yeah, we need to see what happens with the injuries there. But Kyle's main point is just when these wide receivers have these kind of outlier games, there's so much leverage on the field. If you have that guy that it can pay off in a huge way, you will lose frequently if you just do this every week, week in and week out. But this is one game. Anything can happen. So um, when it wins, when you win, you win a lot is, is kind of the point. I will also throw into the mix too. Like I think both tight ends kind of, kind of qualify right. historically tight end captain is not great when you're looking at the Austin Hoopers of the world and you know, guys like that. But we have Travis Kelsey, who is a wide receiver and Dallas Goddard, who is very athletic and can create these huge plays. So I'll also be including them in my pool of wide receivers or pass catchers to target for outlier games. Um, but historically tight ends aren't awesome. Is there some like deep seated pain that you just, you just pulled out of thin air? You're just like, you know what? I'm going to dunk on Austin Hooper here. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's just the first thing that came to my mind. Like, you know, he's not that great. There's <laughs> no way this guy could break a slate. No, yeah. Not a chance. Know, he's no, uh, he's no Jack Doyle. I'll tell you that. No, baby hands. Uh, and then I'm not going to really go through it, but like kickers are not going to be optimal unless it's a game that totally hits the under. They're almost never the right captain. And in defense, 
on in this type of game environment, you need at least one score from the defense, and we would just say that's not something you want to project. In general, like we looked at the playoffs and the defensive scores almost didn't even matter because they were putting up, what, five, six points. So uh, we'll talk more. I like the Eagles, my early lean. If you want to get them as a flex option, I think it's good. Um, let's let's just talk about overall construction. I think what people end up doing when we only have six spots to work with is they want a little bit from one side and like, okay, well, I think the Eagles will keep it close or I think the Chiefs will keep it close. And so we see a lot of lineups that have three Chiefs and three Eagles and explain to the people why that is doo-doo. Yeah, it's oh, and this is so tricky too because this is a conversation about uh, what happens most often versus how much leverage you gain when it doesn't work. And the three-three construction feels right; it feels safe. You know, like you said, you got three from each side; it's balanced, it looks good, it looks clean. You hit submit, and you're like, "All right, let's roll." But the issue with that is that that is what the field is going to do, and it historically, over the last three years, that is the highest roster construction across every season that I've done research for. People love 3-3, and sometimes that is optimal. So I'm not saying it's a bad play, especially if you're playing 150 lineups or 20. Like You should have some of that. But there is a lot of leverage if you go 4-2, meaning um, usually what we kind of talk about, like 4-2 or 5-1, uh, the first number is the favored team. So for example, four Eagles, two Chiefs, or vice versa, run it with 2-4 um, you know, with, with two Eagles and four Chiefs. So that to me is one that I'm going to be kind of looking at to see how the field wants to play this. But we can almost confidently say without even looking at the numbers for this week coming up that 3-3 is going to be the most popular. So just know that. And if you are going to play it, you know, I would be considering some unique uh, captain choices in those builds. Yeah. And you can look at, we, we talk a lot about correlation on here. I, I mentioned Devonta Smith and Miles Sanders last week. Like, okay, if I'm building a lineup and I think the Eagles are going to win, I think Miles Sanders is a great play. I think Devonta Smith is a great play. I will probably set rules to say, hey, those two might not be in the same lineup. It doesn't mean they can't be in the optimal, but if I'm doing 20 max, I'm doing 150, I'm going to set rules to say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to put this together. Same thing with Travis Kelsey, who, I don't know, he could be the most popular play on the slate, like aside from the quarterbacks. like it's, He's just going to be the dude. Him and Jarek McKinnon have pretty negative correlation. When it starts to get close to 0. 0.4, or negative 0. 0.4, I, I, I take notice looking at their correlation coefficient. So Kelsey McKinnon don't have great. Kelsey and the defense don't have great. Kelsey and Butker, though, do have pretty strong correlation. So consider that. Obviously, Kelsey and Mahomes will too. Um, It's more about, for me, when I'm constructing my lineup, I'm running with a game script, and I'm being willing to go with the other guy. So the average captain roster percentage for a wide receiver one is almost 9%. So, you know, A.J. Brown, 9%. Wide receiver two usually has half of that. So I think it'll be even more interesting when you start looking at the Chiefs. Like nobody knows who the Chiefs wide receiver one is. But I think based on practice reports, based on, you know, later on in the week, it will be clear, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster says, I'm a full go. Or Justin Watson says, I was sick, puking my guts out last week, but not this week. Like, because <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a baller. Dude, this is straight up baller running routes. Well, it's going to be hilarious, and I can't wait for this to happen, is he's going to run like six routes and catch two touchdowns, and <laughs> you're going to be texting me the whole time. I told you, man. Dude, I'm going to definitely have... I'm. You know what? I don't like lighting money on fire. No one does. But a Justin Watson anytime touchdown bet in the Super Bowl? Now we're talking. Book it. Book it. Just for fun, just because he's a superstar, um, I'm all about that. So we'll talk more next week into the nitty-gritty of the salaries. Um, hopefully, you have a good overview. We'll get to post this on the website as well that you get to kind of begin to think and, and and percolate on the Super Bowl. You can talk about it in our uh, in our Discord channel. You can do all that. And if you want to play with us, you can go to ballersdfs.com. You can play in our DraftKings League, Borg Plus Bets. We have a lot of fun things, including a contest last week that <laughs> I placed fourth. <laughs> did you get paid? I did. Oh, yeah. It was top oh, okay. five pay. I thought it was going to be like a top three and you were like, I got fourth. And then you didn't want to include that you didn't win any money. (laughs) No, I was sitting in first for a while. Like I said, it was a pretty good week for me, mostly because I was overweight on MVS and overweight on Miles Sanders. And I mostly faded the Niners. So uh, it was a good week for me. Yeah, it went perfectly for you then. I know. I know. Game script wise, you know, you and I were pretty, pretty clear about those games. I feel like in the playoffs, we've been good on the lines. Yeah. And the over-unders as well, which means everything that we said about this, you can throw it out the window. 
We used our uh, Super Bowl juju uh, last year, our, our good yep. juju with T. Higgins and, and, and the boys. But, yes, we can't wait. It'll be Super Bowl. It'll be fun. And Andy, Mike, and Jason will be at the game. So, once again, it'll be a, a good week. Bets, sign us off. Yes, sir. Part one of our Super Bowl preview. The game is so big, we need two episodes to break it down. So, hopefully, you enjoyed this. We'll be back next week to really give you our final DFS takes for the showdown slate, as well as more of our best bets for the game. Until then, have a great week. We'll see you next week. Listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday. I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side by side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.